Lord Jesus, I ask that you would open up your word to us today, that it would be your words to us today. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. And Father, thank you for your great love and your provision for us. Amen. Right on. So um, as we look at the holiday season, I personally want to create some space in my life where God can work. I want to create space in my marriage, in my family, in my work life, in my busy schedule so that I can grow and so that my life can be invested in other people. You know what? I'm not telling you something you don't know. You guys want that too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. I mean, this is not really a church where you sit and, you know, watch a show and then go home. This is more like we're going to get dirty. We're going to do stuff together. We're going to be the community God's created us to be. Now, as I'm looking at, at how to create space, how can my life be invested in others? How can I be making disciples? How can I be a disciple myself? How many of you have heard me talk about three L's, listen, learn, and love? Raise your hand. Okay. We're going to talk about listen, learn, and love for a few minutes, and then we're going to do something really interesting because it's a horizontal thing and it's also a vertical thing. We listen, learn, and love with people in our lives. We also do the same thing with the Lord. So we're going to use that as our context for taking communion today. So I think it's going to be a pretty unique journey over this next 20 minutes as we, as we discuss how it works in our relationships and then also with the Lord. Now, be, if we want to grow closer to Jesus over this next season, we're going to be listening to the leading of His Spirit. And we're going to be paying attention. And sometimes, if you're like me, you get too busy. I mean, there's all this other stuff going on in my life. I was walking out behind the building this morning, and I saw some trees that were cut off right on the top. Like, they were still wide, but they were cut off on the top. And I was staring at them, and I was figuring out, what is that all about? And I realized what, what the arborists were doing is creating space so that the tree can get light, Right? Now, sometimes in my life, I let all this other stuff grow up so that it's kind of like sheltering me from what the Lord wants to do in my life. I'm so busy and I'm so fluffy on top that the light of His presence, that the presence of His Holy Spirit is not getting through. And so I feel like that's a picture in my life of I need to cut off some stuff to make room for what the Lord wants to do. Maybe if you're not hearing Him, it's because the noise of your life has crowded Him out. And so what can you do over this next couple months to pare back, to focus? Now, we can also learn about the Lord from His Word, um, and we can seek to be a student of His. And that's the word disciple. Disciple is not some weird, you know, crazy New Testament term. It just means learner. It means student. And then the last thing is we need to be loving God, um, and before we can love anybody else, showing our love for him, thanking him for all that he's done. And, and I feel like in my life, I, my, job, my job is not to create some love thing inside of me, but more to reflect what he's already shown me, to notice, to accept, to receive his love. Now, if I want to be making disciples, what does listen, learn, and love look like in that context? I think the first thing is, in my life, I need to be listening to the Spirit and keeping in step with the Spirit, and saying, Lord, help me to see with your eyes. Because even this morning, I went to Starbucks, and it was packed. And it w I got agitated, I got nervous, I couldn't wait to get out of there, and then I realized, wait, these are people that are in my way. These are not barriers, these are not roadblocks, these are people 
that, that Jesus loves. So I need to say, like, Lord, slow me down and help me listen to your spirit. And if you want me to talk to somebody, if you want me to reach out to somebody, eye contact, whatever you want me to do, I'm available. And we need to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our conversations. Sometimes, um, sometimes I just want to get things. I'm efficient in conversation, so I just want to get it done. And I'm often not praying through a conversation with one of you. And I'm not praying through a conversation with my, with my next-door neighbor. We need to learn from God's Word. And here's another thing that's happening around the planet. The, the, um, the body of Christ is exploding, but it's often outside the church. There are a lot of churches are not growing exponentially around the globe. But what's happening is lots and lots of people are coming to know Christ because somebody said, do you want to learn the Bible with me? And they said, sure. And they sit down one-on-one or in little groups of three or four, and they say, here's this verse. Let's read this, and let's talk about what it means. And people are becoming followers of Jesus through learning the word together. We can do the same thing in our culture. Um, there's a guy that I meet with sometimes who's Jewish. He's a doctor in the valley. And I was kind of chicken to ask him, like, hey, do you want to get together and read the Bible with me? It sounded kind of funny, right? So I had, dinner, I had a breakfast with him at Brent's, and um, he always has pastrami and eggs. And, and he said, hey, my next-door neighbor is a Christian like you, and he invited me over every Friday night to read the Bible and talk about it. And I said, yeah. And I was like, the Lord just showed me, like, duh. Like, the Lord gave me this opportunity to invite, and I was chicken, like me. I'm not afraid of stuff like that usually, but interesting that he, in the context of relationship and friendship, that wasn't weird. Like, hey, do you want to just read some verses and talk about what they mean? Sure. And totally cool for a Jew, totally cool for a Muslim, totally cool for an atheist. A lot of people will just do that out of relationship with you. But if they don't know you, they're going to think you're a whack job, right? But if they know you, they might just want to learn with you. Now, the last one is this, love. Loving is huge. If, I mean, the word says without love, whatever we do does not matter. We're, we're a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. We need to look for ways to love people in practical ways. Not just saying, I'll pray for you, or thinking about them, or, but writing notes, baking cookies, looking for need. I mean, if my next-door neighbor's yard needs mowing, I want to notice. If, if they need help with some practical things with funeral planning, I want to notice. I want to be there, not just in intentions, right? Somebody once said the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. It's not, a, it's not about intentions. It's about, am I actually going to be intentional? Am I going to be available and do something? Okay, so I want to ask you this. Do you want to see the kingdom of heaven here? Have you thought about that? Do you want to see the kingdom of God break out in Newbury Park, in the Canoe Valley, in Thousand Oaks, in Camarillo, in Santa Rosa Valley? And, right? Do you want to see the kingdom here? I mean, yes, right? That extra hour of sleep should have helped you <laughs> to, to answer this question, not hindered you. Uh, incidentally, Bella woke up this morning, and I, and I said, did you know that last night was the time change? And she said, yes. And, and then she had this thought in her mind. I was like, so, you know, what does that mean to you? And she, and she said, I think it's really nice that God gave everybody an extra hour of sleep. I was like, yeah, right on. I think it's really nice that God gave us an extra hour. I don't know if that was his idea, but it sure worked last night, right? So I want to see the kingdom break out in our community, but sometimes we see the kingdom as some like intangible thing that's out there, and it's like if I go to the right conference, if I read the right book, if I pray the right prayer, 
if I go to the right church, then suddenly the kingdom breaks out, right? And all of history has changed. Now, it's interesting, Pharisees came to Jesus and his own followers to say, like, help us understand the kingdom. And he said, the kingdom is not something that you're going to find out there. You're not going to go look around and go, there it is, and here it is, and I can pick up little, you know, little sand of the kingdom and take it home and put it on my shelf. No, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. And some translations say, among you. And there's been a fight for like 1,600 years over this verse because it really seems to say the kingdom of God is in you. And the you is plural. So it's kind of cool. It's like the kingdom of God is in you guys. And so don't go looking for it around out here. But what does it mean if the kingdom's in us and how does the Lord want to take that and move it out so that it becomes more of a reality more powerful, more loving, more, more dynamic from inside of us pouring out. We don't go find it out there. The Lord gives birth to it in here. Interesting. Now, for me, this listen, learn, love thing is going to be how I want to live out some of the rhythm of the kingdom. How I want to start saying at the end of the week, did I do it or did I not? Was I available or was I not? Now, here's a passage of Scripture that really shows this to me in Acts 8. Starting in 26, if you have a Bible, turn to Acts 8, and this is about Philip. Philip is one of my heroes in Scripture. I really like this guy. He was told by an angel to go out into a certain desert road. The angel didn't tell him why, but Philip still obeyed immediately, and he went there. There he found a eunuch. Verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading Isaiah, and he said, do you understand that? And then the man said, well, how can I, unless somebody explains it to me? So he invited Philip up. Then Philip read the passage that the eunuch was reading from Isaiah about Jesus, the Messiah, suffering. And the eunuch asked Philip, verse 34, tell me, is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? He was asking great questions. Now, we might look at that and go, that's a dumb question. There are no dumb questions. He really wanted to know, what, what is this all about? Then Philip began with that very passage and told him the good news about Jesus. Then they traveled along, and they came to some water, and the eunuch said, why shouldn't I get baptized? And Philip baptized him right then, right on the spot, and they came up out of the water. I see listen, learn, and love all over this story. It is everywhere. And it's beautiful if we notice it. Philip listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He listened to an angel. He followed it. He didn't second guess and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look pretty dumb if I'm wandering out on that road in the middle of the day. No. The Lord said go, and he said, sure, I'll go. He was ready and available, I think, because of his deep love for Jesus. His life had been so deeply impacted that he was available. He wasn't busy with his own stuff. He also loved people. He loved anybody. This guy was not from his culture. This guy was totally different. They probably had a little bit of a language issue. And Philip just went for it out of love for this man. Philip listened carefully to the eunuch. He tried to figure out, what is this guy asking? What is, how can I best help? And he helped him to learn the truth of Jesus. He loved the man enough to slow down to listen, to read, to guide, to teach. Now, I noticed, there's something else I notice in this story. God was already working in this guy's life. Sometimes we feel like we bring Jesus to the party, right? 
I mean, the party stinks until I get there, right? But I find over and over and over again that the Holy Spirit's already working in somebody's life. And then sometimes that person has some questions that need to answer. That person's looking for a guide. That person's looking for a next step. And then the Lord puts me in the right place at the right time if I'm listening and paying attention and I get to help the person take a next step. It's beautiful. And there's something freeing about that where it's not duty, it's not obligation that I've got to preach this person into the kingdom. It's more like, Lord, show me what you're doing in this life and help me not to mess it up, right? Help me to come alongside, Lord, with what you're doing and do my part because God loves Pete. He doesn't just love you, he loves them too. And he wants to bring your lives together. And this is, a, this is a divine appointment that we see in Scripture. You know what? Jesus still does this. Divine appointments are not just here. They happen in our lives all the time if we're noticing. I have a Muslim friend who introduced me as his pastor last week. And I was like, I didn't draw attention. I was like, okay, good. And, and then he, he runs a business locally, and then this lady came in, and they started talking about how she used to go to church, and he was chewing her out for going to church. And he's like, you know, he's like, I don't have any place for that. I don't want anything to do with church. But he just introduced me as his pastor. Weird. So, so she left, and we just had this conversation because I, I just felt like I wanted to hear more. And I didn't want to tell him, well, you should get to church, buddy, because I want to say, so why do you think church has no place? I mean, tell me a little bit more. And he talked about his brother, who is a practicing Muslim who cheats on his wife and cheats on his taxes and does, is not a good father and yet gives a lot to the mosque, a lot of money, and he thinks that's the thing. And then he talked about how his wife's family, Eastern Orthodox, same kind of thing. Look at this hypocrite. Look at this hypocrite. And he says, I am a much better person than they are. I don't need it. Maybe if I go to church, I'm going to get corrupted. Really, that's what he was thinking. If I join you, it's going to mess up my spiritual life. Now, God put me right in the middle of this thing and gave me the, the, the wisdom to slow down and listen and say, Lord, what do you want to do? And I really see God working in his life and the, you know, the wheels are turning because he sees me and he sees a couple other people that aren't corrupt and yet we're part of the church. <laughs> Pretty wild. Wow. So let's be aware of what the Lord is doing and let's look for those divine appointments over this next couple months and just say, Lord, help me to listen to your spirit. Help me to learn with others. Help me to learn somebody's story and remember the details so I can ask them about it later and give me opportunities to love. And I believe that God's going to bless that prayer and he's going to do some amazing things in our body.